It's the True Achievements Podcast. On today's show, it's all happening. More updates on the True Achievements Xbox One app. I can see your Halo, 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 Halo. Master Chief Collection arrives. Destined to Fail, DLC announced for Bungie's Blockbuster. Grand Theft Porto, San Andreas and GTA 5 relaunched. Hey Mickey, you're so fine. Disney's Fantasia gets the thumbs up. All this and more on your AAA playing, price dropping, app launching, True Achievements Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the True Achievements Podcast for, what is this, November? Yeah. It's November. November. Yep. We're in November. Okay, November. November. It, it, it's been far too long, and we're going to do our best not to make this a regular thing of letting podcasts go like six weeks in between, but blame me. we've been pretty busy. Blame me. Yeah. Well, we'll blame a little bit of Rich. Um, but this is the True Achievements Podcast. Uh, I am your host, OSU Blue Jacket, otherwise known as Jonathan or Jay. Joining me as always is Michelle, otherwise known as Matrark, otherwise known as M. Say hello, Michelle. Hello. Alrighty. I'm not even going to push you for the joke this time because we have too much to talk about. And the man you all want to hear from, we've got True Achievement, otherwise known as Rich. Say, how do you do, Rich? How do you do, Rich? All right. Oh, yes, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Rich is in such a good mood. He'll just, I just do yeah, whatever. Just yeah, point. it is. Uh, it, it is Rich's birthday celebration today. So we're his time is precious. We're going to have him for the first couple of segments here, and then we're going to let him skedaddle off to his steak. <laughs> I think it's more important than steak. <laughs> I, I so will fully back. <laughs> the only thing better than steak is steak wrapped in bacon, and then then yeah, then man. we're talking. Yeah, All right, so uh, let's jump right into it. We will obviously be talking about the app here uh, app. in a couple of minutes, um, but let's uh, go through. What have you guys been playing? It's been so long since we've we've chatted. Uh, Michelle, what what have you been working on? Um, not too much actually. It's uh, I've been unusually focused when playing games, which doesn't happen to me very often. Um, I have most recently, actually, last night uh, was playing Charlie Murder, which was a recent games with gold title. Um, and it's it's fun. It took a little getting into, and I have to, uh, just as an aside, one of the great things about TA, obviously, is the people you meet and how they help you out. And uh, a buddy of mine on my friends list, uh, Edelson, uh, saw me and my buddies playing it and just jumped in and helped us. And he's got one of those super-powered characters that basically walked us right to the end and gave us all these awesome achievements for us doing very little. <laughs> so um, that's why it's, it's good to keep good friends around. But um, the game's fun if you like the beat em up style like a castle crashers that kind of thing it's obviously darker in theme but um is it 360 it is a 360 game uh so it's 400 gamer score was released after that happened and for the long before the new one happened yeah now everything's (laughs) thousand right oh goodness (laughs) um but for the longest time the game had a glitched achievement in it and actually when it became games with gold they finally fixed that glitched achievement interesting to see like it's nice to see that responsiveness so, um, but everything's obtainable, and if you do have a good buddy who has a powered-up character, they can kind of just bring you through everything, which is really nice. But still a fun game, good to play, four-player co-op. Um, and um, in addition to that, on the one, I've been playing uh, 
Fantasia. I was yeah. You you had a really nice review. There. I hear good things about that game. Well, thank you. And I, you know, I had wanted to play it anyway, and I was sort of on the fence about. It. I'm like, oh, you know, maybe if we get a review copy, that's how I'll play it, and and all that sort of stuff. But um, I love rhythm games, and I'm always sad to see where they've fallen to uh, from where they were not too long ago. And uh, the the game is just amazing. But you have to actually play it you can't watch someone play like you have to get in and experience it yourself um it's you feel like you're conducting that orchestra right that famous scene where mickey mouse is trying to conduct the the mops and all that stuff like it yeah. the game puts you in that moment and i think there's a demo of it on xbox one and so if there is definitely go download it check it out because it's the game's a lot of fun and you, you'll you'll get more into it than you would think um, and then, in addition to that, on the Xbox One, I have been playing Destiny, which, Jay, I know you've also spent some time with. Oh, yeah. We'll talk more about that <laughs> later. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll get into the Destiny discussion uh, in a little bit. But um, that's pretty much been it for me. Odds and ends here and there as I need to keep my achievement streak alive. Um, yeah, you're over a year but, now, aren't you? Yeah, something like Whoa. 410 days. Like, yeah, no, Dog of Thunder, longtime contributor to the podcast, recently had a baby. Your achievement streak is older than his baby. Yeah, it's nearly as well, old as my baby. That's um, ridiculous. Oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all your fault, well, Rich, because What, the baby or your I, achievement streak? Because it, I think I'm we gonna, can we can lay out a both I definitely, I'm definitely taking well, the yes. blame for the baby. Yeah. Um, 360 Voice had streaks forever, right? And I had a streak on there for 200-something days. And then Hurricane Sandy hit in New York City, and I had no power for a week. So I lost my streak during that time, because unfortunately my cell phone battery died after day two. And that was it for the streak. (laughs) So um, I had given up on the whole thing, and it was kind of liberating. And then TA started streaks again. And it just started the whole mess over. I'm so evil. <laughs> I must not respond to uh, suggestions ever again. <laughs> yeah, the, the achievement streak thing, that was something like, I, I don't prioritize it, but if I get a streak of like four or five days going, I really work to see yeah, how long I can yeah, keep it going. You once you get that um, first notification yeah. at 10 days, yeah, where it's like, oh, okay, I gotta keep this going on. And every time I think I'm gonna end it, well, my next notification's in a couple days. I can make it to 425, and then, you know, we'll see. Uh, yeah, but... My problem is, like, we'll take a weekend away somewhere, yeah. and I've got an iPhone, and I can't do I can't do achievements when I'm not at my Xbox, mm-hmm. so that, that's always my that's always my. There's barrier. only a certain amount of wordament achievements that you can... Uh, <laughs> oh, I, got <laughs> I got them all. Uh, but you know the Windows Phone isn't even good for that anymore because they they support it so poorly now. Yeah. Like if if you've had a Windows Phone for a decent amount of time, you've pretty much run through most of the games that would give you gamer score on there anyway. So kind of kind of sad because it's a nice phone, but yeah, they're, they're just kind of dropping the ball on there. I don't know what their strategy is with it anymore. No. All right. Well, um, Rich, I'm looking at our Google Doc, and it seems like you have played more new releases in the past six weeks than you have in the past two yeah, years. Yeah, do you wonder why um, that is? I had like six months working on that app, and um, especially the last three, it was like everything I was doing was focused on the app. So, yeah, I, the end of the app getting published and um, me having some 
finals and free time to play some games coincided with uh, triple a season which is um great for me bad for my bank balance um <laughs> but it's been it's been fun times forza horizon 2 is the first one that came out and um you know how much i love my forza this is probably the most perfect racing game i've ever wow. played it's absolutely fantastic and um i for a a couple of weeks, I think it was the highest scoring user rated game on TA. Uh, I think it's just dropped under Diablo, possibly now. I can't remember, but I will check that out later. But yeah, it's universally loved by um, pretty much across the board. Uh, it's, the only issue is there's a couple of really grindy achievements. Um, you're probably looking at 90 hours plus to complete the achievement list, which is obviously a lot for a, for a racing game. Um, but probably typical for Forza. Um, and the, on the normal Forza games, the motorsport games, you can generally hire a driver to do some of the hard grinding for you. Uh, but you can, there's none of that, none of that nonsense in Horizons. Uh, but if anyone out there likes racing games and hasn't played it, get it. It's amazing. Um, so I'm sort of still working on that because I'm plodding away on the grindy ones. But at the same time, I picked up Sunset Overdrive last week, um, which is probably the prettiest game I think I've played ever. Um, the, especially the cutscenes, which are pretty seamlessly integrated into the gameplay, um, they are absolutely beautiful. Really, really stunning um, to look at. Obviously, the um, the stylized nature of the game um, sort of emphasizes all that stuff. It's really, it's really smart game. Um, a lot of you will have seen the trailers, but it's it's um, a lot of fun to play. Yeah, I struggled slightly with getting the hang of the controls. It's a bit um, Tony Hawk sort yeah. of style uh-huh. grinding flipping across uh, rails and that sort of thing at the same time as aiming and shooting which can be slightly tricky to get used to um, but I'm slowly picking it up now, I finished Act 1 and um, I was a bit worried about the humour because I um, what was that terrible game that came out early Local on? Local Cycle? Yes, <laughs> I couldn't stand the humour in that, I just, that just drove me mad whereas this um, I've enjoyed all the humour all the way through I think it's been brilliantly pitched uh quite clever it's quite um f-bomby as i think you would say in the states uh it's pretty heavy on the language but um brilliant no you, i laugh a lot while i'm playing it as well so recommended um for fans of skateboarding games comedy games shooters um pretty graphics and if any of those things get the game wow excellent. yeah it's superb it is on my christmas list yeah it also has some um online co-op stuff chaos mode which i haven't delved into yet but um i will look to do some of that before the next podcast and i'll tell you a bit about that um also as you will know uh gta san andreas sort of came out of the blue on the 360 yeah. um last week and was only two pound 99 and i think three dollars 99 um which I assumed when it came out, it came out on the 10th anniversary uh, of the game releasing on PS2. Um, I assumed it was just going to be for that one day because there was, there was no fanfare behind this at all. It was just suddenly there. Um, but actually, I think the sale has continued and it's still that price and it's an amazing price. Um, I've probably played 20 missions out of 100 um, and the game's pretty much how I remember it. Uh, they haven't upgraded anything, but it is much faster. Obviously, the load times are much faster. Um, I've had a few audio glitches, but it's basically the same game. The main issue with San Andreas is the shooting mechanic is all over the place. You use the right trigger to aim and the left trigger to shoot, which is pretty much backwards to how any other mm-hmm. um, shooter works these days. So that's a bit weird. Um, but it's a great game. Pick it up, especially at that price. It's a ridiculous price. And finally, uh, just yesterday, I picked up um, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare 
which is the latest in the massive series and is the first by Sledgehammer. Um, graphically, it's a huge leap from Ghosts, but playing it side by side with Sunset Overdrive, it's not quite as polished, I would say, graphically. Uh, there's a bit of screen tear every now and again. And I think with these um, with these games, the real test of graphical prowess is when you see uh, human characters talking to each other. And mm. even though Kevin Spacey's voice acting is amazing, his character still looks a little bit wooden. His jaw moves not particularly realistically. Um, certainly compared to Sunset Overdrive. Anyway, the animating animating in that is, is ridiculously good. Um, but I'm playing it through on Veteran, which is unusual for me. I normally either have no time at all and just plough through on easy, or I'll run through first on normal, and then if I really enjoy it, go back on Veteran after. But the reviews have been so good for this game um, prior to me starting it that I thought, actually, I'm just going to give it a shot um, straight off the bat on Veteran. I'm five levels in out of, I think there's 15, and it's not as hard as some other Call of Duties have been on Veteran, um, surprisingly. So I'm actually coping reasonably well. Um, Obviously, it's set in the future. There's a lot of funky tech. They've imported some Titanfall-style jetpack thrust Mm -hmm. mechanics, which are very cool. You've got really smart grenade. Literally, they're called smart grenades that um, you can get to do different things depending on what setting you put them on. Uh, probably the the coolest part of the game is one of those grenades is a threat analysis grenade so you just chuck this grenade into a room uh, through a door say and close the door behind you and then there will be a pink beam that fires across the room and every, all the bad guys light up in bright pink so even through the through walls and stuff you can see them because your guns are so powerful you can actually shoot through walls quite a lot of the time anyway um, so that's really cool you can just chuck a grenade in and then just kill everybody in a hail of bullets through the walls um, but you do have to use that you really do need to use your grenades and threat threat analyzers and stuff like that playing on veteran otherwise you will get completely wiped out very very quickly uh, but a lot of fun loving it and once I've finished all four of these games I will be able to give you some final opinions on them but at the moment I'm playing all four at once which is incredibly unusual but they're all quite different um, and they're all brilliant yeah I, I'm not a mod of I'm not a call of duty guy but uh, I really enjoyed Titanfall to the point where I took a look at Advanced Warfare and I'm like, that might be something that I would enjoy. So I'm going to have my eye on that mm-hmm. one for a I while. I think you would. Um, but I, I've got I think larger would. fish to fry at the moment and coming down. Yeah, the there's a whole load of fish. Yeah. <laughs> there's a whole sea of fish. <laughs> uh, well, in my uh, world, I'm trying to think chronologically what I've been doing a lot of. Um, I played Defense Grid 2 for review uh, several weeks ago and... Um, I had some struggles with it, honestly. It was it was a bit harder than I expected. I was playing it on normal, and basically I just hit a learning curve wall after about five or six levels where I just could not get over that hump no matter what I tried. Um, I couldn't really get any feedback on what I was doing poorly versus what I was doing well. It, it wasn't really well explained um, for some reason, and that could very well be on me, just inabilities as a gamer in my thought process, but I like to think I'm a pretty sharp knife most of the time um, when it comes to figuring out game systems, and I just couldn't couldn't crack it, so I dropped it down to easy, and from there, you know, it was a much simpler experience. So I think it was a game where one of those risks between easy and normal is kind of insurmountable without just tons and tons of trial and error and failure. Uh, 
and as much as I loathe to use the fa- the phrase for f- you know fans of the genre, it's one of those games where if you really love Defense Grid, you are really going to love Defense Grid too. It's more of that. <laughs> and uh, the really smart thing was that was one of the games with gold like way back in the day, and it was one of those games mm-hmm. where it's good for gamer score because. There's nothing inherently skill-based to it. If you're trying to grind out those achievements, you can find a video guide, just replicate that, and you pop achievements. Uh, so it, it's pretty good for that. Uh, but I think maybe my folly was I eventually, in the first one, relied on those video guides quite a bit, and it gave me a sense of confidence that I couldn't really replicate. Oh. Uh, but eventually I got better at it, and I think I popped almost all of the achievements in Defense Crew 2, except for the, the ones like Place 100 of certain tower types, which those are just grindables that if I was ever desperate for some score streak stuff, I could just sit down for 20 minutes, play an easy map, and just load up on those towers and pop those achievements. But uh, the addition of multiplayer, uh, both co-op and versus, uh, is something really interesting. I didn't quite understand the versus mode in the ways that it allows you to succeed and also empowers you to fail, because Again, there's a lack of a feedback system on how you are doing and what you're doing well versus the other person because you can't really see what the other person is doing with their own defense grid. So you don't really know how to get better, which I thought was kind of odd. Um, Like, you know, most games when you're playing against other people, you can see what they're doing, you can see the weapons they're using, the positions they're taking, and you don't get any of that in this game. So it was one of those games where you really, if you love it, you really love it. If you're kind of lukewarm on it, you're probably going to stay lukewarm on it and if you hate it you're just not gonna ever like it um that is literally the worst review i've ever actually spoken out there in the last 30 seconds (laughs) but uh feel free to read the review uh it's on the website uh if you were a fan of defense grid definitely definitely grab it uh if you're a fan of you know real-time strategy games uh it's probably worth grabbing as well or tower defense games probably worth grabbing there uh I've also been uh, playing Diablo 3 on Xbox One, which Rich alluded to. It is the third most highly rated game on TA right now. Uh, (laughs) Only behind Forza Horizon 2 by a tenth of a point, Ah. and behind The Walking Dead for Xbox One. Those are the only two games Ah, that are rated higher, but wow, this game... How's the TA app doing these days? Oh, I I don't think we've rated that. It. I don't... Oh, wait, sorry. It's the fifth. TA app is fifth oh. behind Walking Dead oh. Season 2. Come on, guys. Um, Come on, guys. I thought I might go through and permaban anyone that's um, given it less than five. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's... Oh, my gosh. The Xbox One version of this game, it has everything that was great about the 360 version of Diablo, plus all the additional content with the extra act, the extra character. The thing that makes it just light years better is that there are virtually no load times in this game. Like, if you are waiting a half a second for a load time, it's a long load. It's almost instantaneous load times in between levels, and that just makes it faster. You keep in that feedback loop even quicker. The addition of adventure mode, where uh, you basically can plop a character in, and instead of having to go through the story, you can just play bounty quests, which take you to different fast travel points. You do a simple task, come back, it gives you an experience bump, and then... Through there, you can earn these things called um, Rift Keys, which open up Nephilim Rifts, where you can just continue to grind against higher experience, higher gold enemies that will drop better loot. And that's how I'm grinding. I'm on my third character right now. 
I'm really grinding through this, trying to get all my characters up to level 70. And I just looked. According to our website, I've spent almost 63 and a half hours playing just this edition. If you add in what I spent playing the original Diablo 3 on consoles, I've probably spent like a week of my life just playing Diablo because it's it's that fun. Uh, so I'm, I'm grinding through that. That's kind of the one of the things that I'm just working on. And the great thing about Diablo is it's something where I can get home from work, sit down, play it for 30 minutes, and stop. It's Especially if you're playing the adventure mode where you're just doing short bounties and short quests, you can easily crush through that. And you feel like you're making progress. Uh, like you can gain a level or two in like 15, 20 minutes, which is fantastic. Um other things I've been playing, uh, I checked out... I jumped back into Titanfall real briefly when they released their update that included the Frontier Defense-style Horde mode. Uh, I didn't. I only played it for like an hour, so I didn't really get too much into it. But I have to say, I, I want to play it more. I wish I had more time and flexibility to play that more because I think they're trying to do some really interesting things with that Horde mode. And it seems harder than most other like Firefight or Horde modes that I've played in the past just because... You have to be moving all over the map while also defending a set point. Uh, they did a really good job creating some AI for enemies, uh, which was, I, I think it's a really solid addition. Plus it included the addition of ranked play for those who'd hit Gen 10. So I hit Gen 10 before I fired that up, and now it's like, you are invited to do ranked play, which I didn't play much of that yet, but I thought that was really interesting as well. So... Uh, I think it's really good on Respawn for continuing to support Titanfall. Uh, obviously, it's their baby. It's their gem right now. And uh, they're building that up to the mm-hmm. sequel, which might get that multi-platform release that a lot of people were hoping for. Uh, but it's still just probably the most satisfying shooter experience I've had this year, uh, which leads me into Destiny. Um Michelle, let's table the Destiny conversation because Rich has not played Destiny yet. And well, I've played a couple of hours at Gamescom, but um, I haven't played it. I don't own it. Okay. And to be honest, I'm not going to buy it now because yeah, I would. I've read so much stuff. What I would suggest, Rich, is wait for them to release some kind of Game of the Year edition. Yeah. Because once they release that Game of the Year edition, it might have enough content to be considered a release. (laughs) Um, Until then, uh, I, I would I would hold off on it. Michelle and I will talk about that because we have to talk about the DLC that they announced. We have to talk too. about important things. Yeah, yeah. We, we need to talk about important things like the TA mm-hmm. app. Let's jump right Ooh. into that, Rich. Um, obviously, you've pushed the app. It is now available in England and the United States in, in English-speaking territories. Is that yeah, right? I would call it English-speaking territories. It's probably about right. Um, yeah, and we hope to bring it to other territories uh, in the coming in the coming weeks as well, as along with a title update which will fix a few things and include um, a few extra little features so yeah I mean I've been working on the app for six months now um, why don't you tell me about it <laughs> you guys have used it now I mean I know I'm, I know it inside out <laughs> what do you want to know if you haven't downloaded it downloaded it absolutely it's free on the Xbox marketplace um, it brings many of the most useful features from TA directly onto your console and Possibly the most useful part about that is that it can be snapped. It also integrates into the um, official achievements app. Um, so if you are looking at an achievement in a game, you can search the True Achievements app and it will bring you straight into that achievement solution page if there is a solution for that achievement um, direct from the official achievements app. So it's fully integrated. Yeah, and you can do stuff like vote on solutions, rate games. 
it has every solution that exists on the website is available within the app um, videos images pretty much everything you could want um, solution wise is is available there and it's available in snap mode as well so you can have your video sat there playing um, while you are doing what is in the video on the main part of the screen in the game so it should make it a lot easier for people to unlock those trickier achievements with using guides um, if they don't have you know you don't have to have a tablet next to you or a laptop or a phone you can do it directly on the same screen which is pretty yeah neat. that's that's what i wanted to comment on because I, I usually have my laptop in front of me while i'm playing and i'll have ta just up there so i can read through stuff but the ability to actually snap in ta or just pull up ta anytime i pop an achievement um really looking at solutions side by side as i'm playing it's it's just so silky smooth that's the other that's the thing that i really want to just personally thank you for itch is it is so fast and smooth. Yeah. Because um, so many apps on the one are just not that way, and this just flies, and I think that's right. awesome. Yeah, the interesting thing is when we're developing it, it's not quite as smooth. Like, when you're running it in debug mode, it doesn't quite have the same zing to it. <laughs> I guess because there's overheads and stuff um, in the code, but that's the interesting thing. So the, obviously we worked with it debugged, and we only really packaged it up and ran it in on its on its own thing. Um, right at the end of the process and when we actually first put it in for the first time and it was like wow this is so much slicker it feels you know it does feel really fast especially on some of the lists like when you're when you're going through my games or um, the, yes. the site games list there's an awful lot of content that gets loaded in there and uh, yeah it's pretty it's pretty nifty pinging around isn't it yeah no do you um so you said you're working on a title update for the for the- yeah we're doing so there was a couple of bugs that require um, I think you experienced one of them, Michelle, where basically if you go around a lot of pages in a certain order and then snap an achievement list for a game with challenges, it's yeah. quite specific, <laughs> which is why we never picked it up, um, then the the achievements can get hidden behind a button. Right. So it fixes that. Um, we've toned down the font color a little bit. It was bright white, um, which, again, while you're developing it on a, on a uh, PC monitor, did it look fine? It did, you didn't even notice it really. And we did run it through a couple of times on a TV, but it's only when now it's been out there and I've got it on my console in the living room um, and I sit a long way away. You can you do notice that the contrast, which you'd think would make it easier to see, having a, a higher contrast between the font and the background, but actually it, it, it's a little bit grating. So we're toning the, down the font color a little bit, which should make it easier to read. Um, we're not going to touch the font size for this um, title update. It's, but I have had that feedback from a few people. That's really the only negative thing I've heard is that people find it a bit difficult to read sometimes. Mm-hmm. Which I'm glad you brought that up. I thought it was – it's okay. It's a little small. But in comparison to Defense Grid 2, that was a big complaint I had about that game is that it was <laughs> – you could tell they developed that to be played on a PC because the font is just – Yeah. I mean I'm like 12 feet from my TV. My TV is like 42 inches uh, at 1080p. So it's pretty sharp, pretty big, and I still had to lean forward and squint. I don't need to do that with the app. Yeah. So it's a little small, but it's workable. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're cramming a lot of info oh, yeah. Into, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, onto the screen. So um, we will, rather than just up the font size, we'll make it an option, I think. That's we'll perfect. Try and, try and allow it to be a customizable experience. But yeah, there's um, there's more stuff that we want to bring. We're, we're hoping to update the app regularly with, with more features. So um, let us know in the forums um, any bugs uh, or any feature requests that you have. Um, but yeah, the feedback's been amazing. If you go to trueachievements.com forward slash app, um, there's some highlights from Twitter, uh, people that have 
uh, downloaded the app and, and given their comments, including a few industry big names um, giving their feedback, which is is amazing to read. Really, I got I can't remember, I I think the day we released in the UK, the guys from um, Playground, yeah, um, who developed Forza Horizons were were mentioning the app and saying they couldn't believe we put graphs in it and they were all running around the office and it was like <laughs> that just so made my day we did obviously working late trying to make sure that everything was ready getting the servers set up obviously when you when you do the an app such as this um all the content comes from remotely it's all it's all delivered remotely so we don't have to otherwise if people uploaded new solutions we'd have to do a title update for the app if all that content was stored within the app but because it's all being pulled from ta we need to make sure that the servers can handle the, the additional load of, of thousands of simultaneous app users. Mm-hmm. So there was a bit of infrastructure work going on to make sure all that went well. And the annoying thing about me living here and apps getting controlled in the US is that um, generally they started to get pushed out at around 5 p.m. our time for the next 12 hours it sort of rolls mm. across the US so there was a few late nights in the office right. making sure that everything stacked up pizza was ordered in the office for the first time which was <laughs> exciting there, was, there were many milestones um, passed in the last couple of weeks but yeah the feedback's been amazing so thanks for everybody that's given their positive feedback um, feel free to rate the app in the on the official store not just on TA um, it does as well if we've got a, a high rating on there um, yeah, and we look look forward to bringing you more features soon. And as a longtime user, I'm sure Michelle can echo this, and you probably yeah. will too, the app has led to such an influx of new TA users that my TA score has risen several yeah. hundred points without popping any achievements. Yeah. So if you are a community member who's listening to this and has been on TA for a long time, you know, really – Tell people about the app because it's going to help your TA score a lot. The more people that download that app and sign up, uh, it it improves our ratios. It gets more accurate measurement of the true achievement score. Um, So it's great all the way across the board. Plus, it gives you that that tiny little numerical bump, which is is just a choice. (laughs) Yeah, I think our user base has increased by 10% in the last week and a half. That's amazing. Which is pretty incredible, yeah. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And and what's also incredible is that the site has run smooth throughout it. I mean, I haven't noticed any appreciable gaps in service or whatever. I mean, shouldn't do. It's uh, um, it's we've we've spent probably there's a time when we don't have our hands on the app. When you say right, here's our app. Go and make sure everything's fine. Um, And then you have a little period of calm when you wait to see if everything's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So we spend that time optimizing a lot of a lot of site. routines a lot of the database stuff was optimized so yeah um you shouldn't ever really notice and we're still working on that stuff actually so there will continue to be speed improvements on the site um as we move forward but yeah you shouldn't you shouldn't notice any slowdown even if we have you know even if we featured on every gaming site all at once i think we could handle that now which is pretty cool yeah and it was definitely really kind of just selfishly, narcissistically gratifying to publish a story and then see it pop up. On <laughs> did one. you do hot off the press on your own story? <laughs> oh, yeah. nice. I got hot off the presses. I kind of, <laughs> uh, okay, I gained that a little bit because we had a top five list and I was like, okay, publish, launch the TA app, read the story, <laughs> boom, yes. Uh, I know, I did this. I actually, I published the story that Rich wrote about the TA app launching so I hit publish on that, immediately loaded up on the app. 
And I will do that occasionally. Like if uh, people have PM'd me, like, can you tell me when something's actually getting published? So I, I will be like, okay, I, I guess so. And I think Chewy has mentioned he'll go into chat. Oh, um, so, yeah. Say, okay, I'm publishing an article in five, four. <laughs> um, no, if you want to a little, I mean, you can read the solution on TA, but um, a little guide. We auto-tweet um, to our yep. official Twitter account mm-hmm. every news article as soon as it's posted. So if you follow us on Twitter and set up some sort of uh, Twitter notification, send you an email or something when we publish, um, then then you'll have a heads up. You should be able to get there within your five minutes. All right. It's not that... Um... It's not tracked that lowly. I mean, the ratio, I think, is like a 4.7, but so is uh, snapping or earning a challenge while that solution is snapped. I still haven't got that one yet. So it's not that it's... If we published one story a day, I could see it being real difficult, but there's plenty of news this time of year. And if you can't get it now, pop by by E3. Don't worry. (laughs) You'll get it. What is it? Uh, VGX (laughs) is going to be in December. We're going to be slamming through that, so... Right. And, um... When, when we get to the holiday grab bag stuff, that usually gets yeah. posted around the same time every day throughout that period. So there'll be ways to to make sure you get that yeah, done. Absolutely, but uh, it's definitely awesome, and it's it's a big achievement for for you. And uh, uh, oh gosh, I'm totally blanking on your cohort in crime's name, Matt. Matt. Yeah, Doomful, AKA Matt. Matt, you guys like definitely <laughs> knocked it out of the park with that app. So good on both of you. Yeah, well, thanks and, to Webchimp wanna... as well, who helped out and also did all the awesome icons, which are... Those icons are great, yes, yeah. Yes, he did awesome. Do you want to shout out anyone else that... I know you had a lot of other people kind of working, like, uh, doing different things. No, we'll keep the list quiet. Okay. <laughs> I know Webchimp did a lot, so I'm, I'm glad he... Because yeah, those yeah, achievement yeah. tiles are brilliant. and They are. Uh, they he are. did fantastic work getting that together. All right. Well, um, Rich, do you want us to let you go? Michelle and I can come back and talk news. Yeah, that is perfect timing, actually, for me. Um, Cool. Okay, thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Bye. All right, Michelle. Now that Rich is gone, we are officially in charge. We can talk about whatever we want. So it's RPGs all day. Skyrim, baby. I was going to suggest we make this the Wii U podcast. Ooh, that's... But we would lose so many listeners from that. We might as well call it the... <laughs> well, it depends on... I don't know. We might as well call it the PSP Go podcast at that point. Oh, ouch. Or, or the... <laughs> ouch, ouch. The Wonder Swan podcast right, that'll bring right, in the listeners. Right, right. But if we're talking about Majora's Mask coming out on the 3DS, I think people might tune in. That, that was kind of a big deal when they announced yeah, it. In a, in a weird confluence, I literally just sold back my 3DS to Amazon because I realized I hadn't played it in almost a year and a half. So I was like, I can get wow. like a hundred bucks for that and the couple, like the two or three games I have for it. So I can roll that hundred dollars into games I will actually play on my Xbox One. You know, I love getting these emails nowadays from GameStop where it's like, you know, congratulations, you can trade in for up to two hundred dollars worth of stuff, and it's like twenty four games I'd have to trade in for two hundred dollars, right. and that's because like they'll give me thirty dollars for Destiny and a nickel for everything else yeah. I own. But speaking of yeah, Destiny, let's... we need oh, to come back God. to that. Oh, Destiny. Um, okay. Oh, you wrote an op-ed about it. I wrote the review, and I wrote an op-ed. How do we want to frame this discussion, Michelle? Because we have not talked Destiny. Um, we recorded the last podcast in, I think, the week 
or the week and a half before it came out. And right. all of us, we were anticipation. Yeah, we were all very high on this. We're like, oh, there's no way Bungie can mess this up. It's going to be awesome. Right. Ten I'm, years of development or seven years of development. Most expensive game ever developed. Like all the time, all the money, all the talent at Bungie. Activision's putting money behind it. It's going to be great. And it wasn't. Well, um, let's start there, right? Uh, yeah, let's let's just start. I wrote a review, so I can chime in with whatever. But what are your thoughts here? Because I know we chatted privately, but let's just have a general conversation about sure. uh, uh, Destiny here. Okay, so to frame the whole situation, I do have two buddies, all right, that we have played Destiny together throughout. We've been a fire team since day one, which, you know, I love my co-op play. That's a big part of selling points to games and the fact that that was part of Destiny. Awesome. And one of the guys got into boosting something like the third week the game was out. So we kind of dropped down to two days a week. And at first I was all irritated, like, oh, we're only playing two days a week. And then it became something of a relief because I wasn't enjoying it that much to want to play it every night. It's just, it's not special. And maybe, you know, people will tell you. And now are you post level 20? Yeah, I'm in what I can only describe as the suck. Um, <laughs> where you can play for three hours and not make any progress. Um, and that's the that's the barrier that keeps me from coming back and playing more now. Like, I can see elements of it that are very good. I mean, the game is, is beautiful. It's gorgeous. And it controls fantastic. Yes. All these objective measures that you would use when measuring a game, they're all fantastic. Uh, the story, obviously, anyone who's played it knows that the story is an afterthought, which... It's fascinating to me because playing Titanfall, where people really railed on that game for having no story, and then not seeing quite as much railing on Destiny, which was supposed to have an amazing story. Titanfall didn't promise oh, one. Oh, I railed. I, I definitely rail on Destiny for not having a story. Yes, you did. But it's just, there's something not fun about it. I, and um, Butterfly Edge, she actually recently wrote a blog about it too that was very well written about you know the, the environments are the same you're kind of trudging through the same landscapes over and over again and and you do all this so you can get some loot and get an engram that when you finally decrypt it winds up being junk that you can't really use and but why do i keep going back and playing it i guess because we're all waiting for the payoff um and it's just not coming like as many hours as i've put in like I'm so excited for the next new thing I'm getting, mostly so I can put Destiny behind me. And I completely agree with you. I, I've i heard, and I've listened to several other podcasts. I'm a big fan of the Giant Bombcast. I'm a big fan of Rebel FM. Um, if you're looking for other gaming podcasts to listen to, check those guys out. They're awesome. Uh, Brad Shoemaker from Giant Bomb it just got pulled into Destiny, but even as he was pulled into it, he's like, I know this is not a great game but I can't stop playing it. And I think, that was the gist of Butterfly Edge's post, too. And I think that's why... I think that's what keeps this in the public persona. If this were a game by any other developer, we wouldn't mm-hmm. be talking about it anymore. But they've done the mechanical things and the look so well that it does mm-hmm. have a satisfying gameplay loop. Like, the shooting feels great. Um, killing the enemies is kind of awesome. But it's just skin well, deep to me. Like, there's nothing... And then, once you throw in the leveling factor, the post-20 leveling system is so beyond backwards and broken, in my opinion, that, Mm -hmm. to contrast it, I mean, I I said I've been playing a lot of Diablo 3. Diablo 3 has that great gameplay loop where you play it, 
you level up your character, you get new abilities. So leveling up is exciting. Getting new abilities to try out is exciting. Then as you're killing enemies, you're getting new loot, which modifies your abilities or gives you extra perks. So it's another thing that keeps you coming back for more. Mm-hmm. And you just keep going and going and going. And then you throw an achievement system on top of that and a challenge system on top of that. And it's just this amazingly satisfying game loop where you feel like you're constantly making progress towards something bigger and something greater. Destiny doesn't have that. Well, I, it, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, I no, wonder a little, too, if some of... And, and this is completely out of nothing. I haven't read it anywhere. It's it's just thought process and seeing it, so I don't want anyone to attribute it to anything. But, like, I, I do wonder if some of the building it kind of more for PlayStation 4 hurts some of that element of it, because look at the game in Smart Glass. Nothing tracks. There's not a single... And you look at other games, all the achievements track. You can see something like Fantasia. A ton of that stuff tracks. The TA app tracks. And that's part of the fun of looking at this stuff, is you get to see your progress. There's nothing like that in, in Destiny. So even things like that where I go, okay, did I kill 25 X without dying yet? Let me check my... Pro-. Like, there, there's nothing. It's just, it doesn't and the achievement list, I think, is is fairly like if you want to play a lot of the multiplayer, there's a lot built into there, but it 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 doesn't reward you with anything. I've played for many hours and have gotten very little out of it. Well, but I will say, I finally did actually have a really fun experience with the Crucible last week. Like, I finally hit level twenty mm-hmm. and and got in there and was able to play competitively and finally won a game with my teammates and whatnot. But it shouldn't have taken nearly two months worth of playing the game to get to a point where it's finally like, oh, this was fun. Yeah, and I think that was something I mentioned in my review when it comes to that multiplayer. Like, yeah, they they pretty much level out all of your weapon strengths and, and your powers, so you're not going to be overpowered even if you are overleveled. But people who are overleveled mm-hmm. have abilities that people at lower levels have never seen. Right. don't know how to combat those. You don't know what they actually are. Is that a super move or is that just something that class can do? And it's, right. it, it just, I found it to be a very frustrating multiplayer experience. And even when my mm-hmm. team was winning, I still was like, I don't understand exactly the, the ways to a make myself the most competitive B defend myself uh, from those who are more competitive. Right. And then layering on top of that, you know, the different weapon systems, like, let I'll just go out and say it. Scout rifles are the poop in multiplayer. Like, <laughs> you should not be using a scout rifle in multiplayer. But that's what I had been using playing... Right. I was in the same boat. Playing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, PV, or PvE. And that was... It was just kind of like, you learned how to ride a bicycle, now learn how to ride a completely different bicycle. Like, the skills just didn't seem to translate at all. Right. And, and I found that really frustrating. Um, I, I, I didn't really think the multiplayer did anything especially unique. Um, it, it's the same old systems. Uh, I think Salvage was the only multiplayer type that really seemed to differentiate itself. And even then, it was just capturing a randomly spawning point somewhere on the map. So it was basically capture the flag where the flag moves mm-hmm. and then defending it for a certain period of time. Right. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I was just... That, that game really desperately needs something like a horde mode. Um I think that would be a, a major boost to it, but well, but then we have this issue now. They just announced the first right. DLC expansion, yeah. um, and when you read through the list, it's not that much content. It's not it much doesn't a... seem like 
that much content. And it's $40 for the season pass, which is almost a whole new game. And in the first, the first one, I don't remember exactly what's in it, but like it's three new missions and one new strike or, or something like yeah i just pulled it up so we can that is the news that prompts this discussion uh because destiny itself is old news but this expansion is rather new but um you're going to get the almost a prerequisite for any type of a, an mmo or rpg experience there's going to be new weapons new armor and gear including legendary and exotic items uh they're raising the level cap to 32 and adding five bounty slots uh there's going to be new quests and missions uh, which are three uh, story missions, I believe is what they said. There's going mm-hmm. to be a new cooperative strike, so one strike, three new multiplayer arenas, and then one new raid, and that's it for twenty bucks. Right for for five dollars more, I got the Titanfall season pass, which had three content drops, mm-hmm. each with new maps and and different things to see and do. It doesn't seem like a good value for my money. I I, I don't. And this is just the beginning. I mean, we right. all have to know. Again, this is this is Bungie's forever project. This isn't something where they're going to release. Like, we're going to have to look forward to biannual forty dollar or twenty five dollar pack releases that give us three new missions. No thanks. Well, and, and as I mentioned in the op ed, that era, if I hadn't already pre purchased this when I bought the legendary edition or whatever special edition I got, I wouldn't buy this. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Even though I'm desperate for more content to be in there, just looking at this content, I don't think this content's going to be satisfying. Right. Because it doesn't have any story behind it, really. It doesn't I mean, really offer anything new. Like if, no. like you were just saying, if it had a horde mode, a different gameplay mode, it's what it's going to be three new missions on Mars again, the same landscapes I've seen in Traverse where I didn't care about the story the first time. Yeah. I, I think it might be the moon, but the, the point stands. Uh, it's it's nothing right. absolutely spectacular, and I, I it's so frustrating. And I've mentioned this numerous places to numerous people: is that there is a really good game locked away somewhere in Destiny. It's in there somewhere. Right. I I would probably pay for another. I would pay another hundred dollars to get some kind of a post mortem on the development story behind Destiny. Because there have been uh, threads on like Reddit and a few other places where people will purport to have inside information saying, you know, it had this really ambitious story, the plot was totally different, and then something happened and all that went away. The problem is when you read stuff like that, right, my thinking is, you know what happened? They're monetizing this extra content. So I'm going to have to pay for the amazing story and all that when I already bought into the core game. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind DLC. I'm not an anti-DLC No, neither person. am I. I, I, love I, good, I love good DLC. I will pay premium for DLC from developers that do it right. Right. I, I have no problem with it. But when you see something that seems so obviously removed, it it's a little insulting as someone who purchased the product. Mm-hmm. Um and, but I do see people who love the game and defend the game. Yes. You see, if you look at your op-ed, which was very well written and presented exactly what an op-ed should, your point of view on an issue, there are people who go in there frustrated because they are fans of Destiny and they're seeing all these people who are very negative towards it. And and th- there there's some kernel in it that they love. And I kind of wish we had that other voice here to sit here and because we're obviously on the same side of the table about this right. one. And, um, you know, we are we are kind of piling on. And if you were a big fan of Destiny, I, I, I apologize if your feelings have been hurt because you're probably looking for some validation 
on your tastes. And, you know, that that's not what I, as a critic, am, am out to do. I'm out there to present an opinion, and if that opinion jives with yours, great. If not, hopefully it helps you to see a different side of view or a different point of view. Right. That's what I always try to do. Um, right. And, and I'll provide validation in this way. Again, every objective measure I can think of for the game is top-notch. Looks beautiful. The load times are a little long between things, but even then you can you can still get into your menus though mm-hmm. and do stuff which I enjoy. Um, it is fun to play with friends. I there were some pretty bad connection issues in the beginning, but they seem to mostly be sorted. I've really had no issues with getting into the game and getting into the servers. It is it's not a true MMO, really, in the way that it's yeah. that it actually works. But it is cool when you see the big public events during patrols and everyone comes down and tries to take care of it. There are definitely things about the game that work and are fun and have their moments. But for what this was supposed to be built, sort of generation-defining game, especially for Bungie, even if not for the consoles, but for this developer who, as Xbox gamers, we you know Halo is, is what we know them for. I wish they had gone back to Halo. Now that said... 343 is doing an exceptional job, and we'll oh, talk more yeah. about Halo in a, in a minute. So it's not to say that we don't want 343 working on it, because 343 clearly loves and adores this and, and treats it very carefully. Um, but this this just didn't seem like a wise career move for Bungie. Um, I, it, yeah, it, critically, it's not a good career move for Bungie, but the game sold well. Activision's pretty happy with how it's performing, evidently. I don't know if they're tone deaf to the critical reception, but the thing that really I think frustrated a lot of gamers is gamers were frustrated with how, especially the leveling in the loot system worked. So they were trying mm-hmm. to find ways to game that system by like doing things like the loot cave. Well, right. Bungie didn't like that because you weren't playing the game the way Bungie wanted you to play it. So they patched that stuff out right. and basically said, "You will play the game we want you to the way we want you to play it." Right. And I think that's just. I, I sort of see it from their perspective a little bit, but at, from a user perspective, it, it's just highly frustrating. Like, I, it wasn't really, in situations like that, it wasn't a situation where they were exploiting something to the advantage and detriment of right. other players. They were doing it just so they could experience what is purportedly the best content, which is that level 26 raid, which right. I don't know if I'm ever going to see that. <laughs> Because I don't know if I have the patience to get my character to level 26. I've made my peace with never seeing it. Not only do I not have the patience to get to level 26, but I need a team of other people who do that. And and for whatever reason, the core game is three people, but then when you get into the high-level raids and such, it's six... And they, they said, no no drop in, drop out, because you need to communicate with the other people to enjoy it the most. Well, I have a hard time communi- or coordinating with two people to get our schedules together to play more than a couple times a week. How am I going to find six people who can drop their lives and, and, and do this full scale regularly? It's really difficult. Yeah. Like, it, it's good in theory, and I think when you're thinking about the stereotypical like World of Warcraft player who's just so into it, and that's what they mm-hmm. do, they come home and they sit down... Console gamers are built that way. We don't play the games that way. We we play for a little bit in one universe and we move on to the next one. I'm I might jump back into Destiny well, in a year because of a new content yeah. package, but I'm not playing it all throughout. Yeah, that's yeah. I I'm gonna probably play the new content when it comes out, but that's only because I've already paid for it. Right. Like it's already I've already invested money in it, and I don't want to waste that money that I've invested. And I'm sure. To a certain extent, I will enjoy that content, but all things being considered, I wish I wouldn't have already pre-bought it. Right. And um, I, I know one of the things 
people in comments have drawn comparisons to is, like I said, I've been playing a lot of Diablo 3, and they're like, well, this is just the same as Diablo 3. I mean, Diablo 3 does this and this and that. And I'm like, but Diablo 3 has that satisfying game loop that we talked about. And it doesn't create barriers to advancement or barriers to seeing the best the best light that the game could be seen in. It, right. It's inviting and it's rewarding. Destiny is none of that. Well, and I, I think because what's supposed to be rewarding, and I know we're kind of beating a, a dead horse at we this are, point. Yeah. Um, what's supposed to be rewarding when all of a sudden is those loot drops? Because not mm-hmm. only are the loot drops important to making you more capable of getting through the game, but you need certain items to be able to level up past level 20. It's it, like It's attached to that. And I know in however long I've been playing the game now, um, I haven't I haven't had a single loot drop where I've been like, wow, I I just got this awesome item that I didn't have before, and this is going to make the game, you know, twenty three hours of play, not once. Where like in Borderlands, I would constantly get something, you know, because that's another loot drop game, right? Where I'd be like. Mm-hmm wow, this is fantastic. I just got a gun with 700 attack when I've been using 400 attack. Yeah, I have to get to level whatever, but I can... There's been not a moment like that in in Destiny, so where's the reward for the time I've put into it? Well, and Borderlands really did a good job seizing upon that, the Diablo loop that I talked about. Like, you'd find a new area, you'd level up, that would gain you powers, then as you continued, you'd get better weapons that would do cooler things, that would then support you getting more kills, support you leveling up so you can get to new areas, and it just kept rolling forward. But again, things like Diablo and things like Borderlands, like if you just did the critical path, you're going to have 20, 25 hours of just straight play without side missions. What Destiny, like I was able to get through the critical path and side missions in under 20 hours. Right. And gets like level 21. I want to say it was closer to like 15 or 16. Like I was just looking now, I'm, I'm up to level, or I'm up to 23 hours played, but I did the whole main part of it. I've done about half of the strikes I've played, and I feel like I've done everything that I, I care to do. But I, I I really want, you know, when people listen to this, you comment in the in the forum, like bring these the positives, because it may just be things yeah. we're missing because we're not gamers of that style anyway. But I am a gamer of that style, and that's what bugs me. Well, you're a gamer that's, uh, you know, you do your shooters and whatnot. I do, yeah. too. But um, Destiny is supposed to be unique because it's bringing an MMO yeah. mentality. Yeah. And I don't see it. I just, I don't, I don't see why, it's, how it's doing that. And, and I'd love to see what I'm missing because maybe someone can gear me to what it is I have to do or what it, what part of my thinking about the game I have to shut off to be able to really enjoy what it's supposed to present. Um, well, let's kind of put a bow on this Destiny thing real quick. I, the one thing I want to mention, and I hope I'm attributing this to the right person, uh, but I follow a, a really great video game critic on Twitter. His name is Brendan Keough. Um, he's a PhD candidate in Australia, and I believe uh, in a blog post about Destiny, he said that Destiny was like the most gorgeous house on the planet filled with cheap Ikea furniture. <laughs> and I'm like, that sound, that's probably the best metaphor I could have come up with. Um, so... I'm really hoping that it was Brendan who did that, so if I misattributed that, I apologize. Um, But let's move on to something that won't have us, you know, beating a dead horse and railing against things that we found disappointing. Um, Let's get excited, uh, because I have a very strong suspicion we will have more people joining us in the new gen on Xbox this holiday. Mm -hmm. If only because Microsoft continues to work their butts off to aggressively close that gap with the PS4, which is great for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, They're taking $50 off pretty much all of the Xbox One bundles. 
Yeah. Um, and those can include games. Those are include the Connect bundles, the non-Connect bundles, everything. They're basically... It's going to be the cheapest you'll be able to buy an Xbox One yet, and it's going to come with more stuff. So again, if you have not... If you were not an early adopter, like, I, I would consider myself a relatively early adopter. I bought my bundle within, like, six months of release. Michelle, you bought yours on... on right around day. launch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we paid... We paid a little bit more. Um, I feel like I've gotten very much the value out of it that I was looking for. But if I hadn't, I would definitely be encouraging people to pick up an Xbox One with one of these bundles. I agree. I, um, obviously, the value is there now. Um, yeah. At that price, you can't argue with it. And, of course, it's all motivated by let's undercut the competitor, which is great. That's exactly. why we want healthy competition. Um, but also, you know, looking – and I, I will not pretend to be very knowledgeable about what's coming out on PlayStation 4 at this time. Mm-hmm. But looking at what's coming out on Xbox at this time, exclusive content, Sunset Overdrive, Fantasia, Forza Horizon, um, Halo coming out very shortly. I don't think they have a roster that competes with that. So if you're looking at the games – well, and adding on to that, like Forza Horizon, Rich just mentioned, it, it's probably one of the best racing games that's been released in a very long time. Sony's answer to that was partially going to be Drive Club, which is broken. Um, right. I, I haven't played it. I'm going off of hearsay and what I've heard from um, like the Giant Bobcast, but their online systems are almost totally broken right now. So it, I, I don't want to say that, that that's some kind of a... Con- condemnation towards the ps4 because i'm sure it's a fantastic piece of hardware and a lot of people are really enjoying it but i I think it's admirable that um and again i think we need to give tons of credit to phil spencer um for for really aggressively doing a hard right and making the xbox one a games platform um i know we're we're Mm -hmm. not really going to talk about it much but they shuttered their their television programming ideas to really focus more on games again um, and I think that right. was a smart decision because Microsoft can always partner with other people whose forte is creating content. Um, so we're going to have, you know, Netflix and HBO Go is coming to the Xbox One and uh, all of those other, you know, entertainment delivery platforms will probably have apps on the Xbox One. Right. I don't think it was Microsoft's best space to do that. Really, Microsoft focusing on um, providing platforms for those apps and then developing games. That That's that's the bread and butter, baby. Right. I just, I, I think... I've read too that um, there's and we've seen it already. There, there are all these games because this holiday oh season gosh, yeah. is so crowded and so exciting because there's all this stuff that that companies are actively pushing out of this window. So mm-hmm. this is a great time to buy in. The fifty dollar price drop is limited. This is not a permanent price drop. This is through the holiday season. So um, you know why wait at this point? I mean, the person that's buying their Xbox today for 350 yeah. I paid 500 for mine day one. It's only a year. And I don't regret I don't regret that at all. That's that's the early adopter fee, and I've certainly put my time into my Xbox One. Well, and I, I was ecstatic waiting six months, and I got I pretty much got Titanfall for free by waiting six months. And now, if you look at what they're bundling with some of these bundles, Sunset Overdrive, amazing critical reception. Mm-hmm. Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Call of Duty. They're saying that could be the best Call of Duty in years. Um, which yep. is exciting. And then Assassin's Creed Unity, which is going to be you know, Ubisoft's Assassin's Creed real dedicated entry into the new gen. Uh, I've kind of sworn off Assassin's Creed, but it looks really awesome. So those are three, like, if I didn't have an Xbox One already, I would definitely be like, yep, one of those bundles is coming home with me in holiday. Yeah, if, if when I was uh, younger and stupider and didn't have as much um, 
pulling on my bank account, I probably would have one of those special edition consoles this holiday season. I, I still like the sexy look of just the black one. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I, kind of a more mature thing for me, but that's, that's just taste. Quite a few people really like the white one. That doesn't do it for me. Yeah. But um, but I, I mean, it's awesome. The deals are great, and you can get the Connect bundled ones, same fifty dollar off, fifty dollars off. So. And the Call of Duty one has a terabyte hard yes. drive in it. That's and huge. And you need that terabyte You're hard gonna drive. You're going to need it, yeah. <laughs> because you have games like yeah. Halo <laughs> coming on the horizon. That's going right. to suck up, I think, 67 gigs when all said and done. Something like that. I know. 47 well, let, for the core game. Yeah. We can we can transition into this because I think they just released uh, kind of an update that the initial story was that um, the Master Chief Collection, which contains Halo's... Combat Evolved all the way through 4 on one Blu-ray was going to need a 20 gigabyte update at launch. And that was basically going to be the multiplayer content mm-hmm. um, is what I've been told. So yes. um, really, that that's what that is. I think they recently, like just this past week, said it's actually going to be 15 gigabytes. But still. It's huge. It's going to take up a big chunk of memory. Let's, um, we were speaking a little before the podcast. And this is the way things are today, but like I'm going to a midnight launch. And the reason you used to go to a midnight launch, right. was because you would run home and stick it in your console and you'd want to be one of the first people to play it. I'm running home and sticking it in my console. So it'll be fully downloaded and ready for me to play after I've slept. Like that's, yeah. that's where we are. But for all the content they're providing, I'm not going to remember the fact that I needed to wait a little time for more content to download. I'm totally, totally happy with that. Well, and I, the, the one thing that's really exciting to me is that, Microsoft got Blur to remaster the cutscenes. And Blur, if you've never heard of Blur, if you've ever seen one of those super sexy pre-rendered trailers that you'll see like E3 or PAX or Gamescom or anything like that, that is like, this is not anything that's in the game. It's just pretty pretty pictures. Uh, so I think the ones that come to mind are like uh, the ones Bioware did for Star Wars The Old Republic, that just those gorgeous pre-rendered cutscenes. Blur makes those. And evidently their billing rate is a million dollars per minute. And evidently, there's a couple of hours of cutscenes that Microsoft has paid cash for (laughs) to get Blur to remaster. Uh, So that should be just incredibly exciting for anyone who's jumping in on that Master Chief Edition, Master Chief Collection. What's been fascinating, paying attention to how they've been pitching it from a news and press release point of view, is um, how easily this could have just been Halo 2 Anniversary Edition. Yeah. Because if you read a lot of what they've put out there, if you've been following news we post on TA or anywhere else, a lot of it is a coagulation is being remastered and Sanctuary is being remastered. And here are the Halo 2 terminals with brand new cutscenes. And here's the Halo 2 intro. And, and let's talk about the Halo 2 music because Halo 2 had a couple of licensed songs in there um, from uh, Breaking Benjamin. And there was another one from another artist who slips my mind right now. So mm-hmm. it's all been talking about that stuff. Because this very easily could have just been Halo 2 Remastered, just like they did Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary. Um, And they upped the ante, and they said they went all in. And and this is, I think, too, it's kind of the final goodbye to the Bungie-era Halos for 343. It's one last chance to revisit that and put it all together, and like you said, put a nice bow on it, and just, you know, give it all it needs so they can part from that and move fully into Halo 5. Well, and something I think Cliffy B mentioned this on Twitter the other day is that Halo is generational now. Like the oh first gosh, Halo, yeah. <laughs> the first Halo came out in what two thousand one, something like that. 
I mean, well, I, before I was into the Microsoft thing, I've got but I mean, that. that's pushing 15 years ago. So there are, you know, teenagers who, you know, ratings aside, are probably going to be playing this who weren't even born when the original Halo came out. Like, this isn't going anywhere, not for any time yeah. soon. And I just think that's amazing. So it's it's really it's really inspiring. I probably won't be getting Master Chief Collection because I have other games that I'm probably going to be playing at that time. Um, but at some point, I, I can see myself picking it up just so I can have it collect uh, the collection all in one spot and can maybe clear off the originals out of where I'm storing <laughs> all my games. Now, I'm curious um, when you get around to playing it because you are far more focused than I am. So your gamer tag isn't a history of oh, I popped one achievement yeah. and then forgot I owned it. Um, of what starting that game is going to do to your completion percentage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. That's... 450 achievements when you get that launched uh, onto your tag. I, I mean, I don't have any problem with that because I'm playing the games anyway. And if you look at the achievement list, most of it isn't for doing things that are very outlandish. You, you right. go through and, and do most of the stuff anyway. Um, and it's really a very bright list because it, it makes you... Uh, Halo Comedy Evolved Anniversary has, in my opinion, the best achievement list ever devised. I love that list, mm. because it rewards you for regular gameplay, and it rewards you for trying different things. See, I, I really loved the one at... Uh, this is so weird. I loved the Fable Anniversary achievement list. Um, okay, I didn't play Fable Anniversary, so I didn't look too much at the list, so what about um, it? I, I just really loved that it, it really embraced what Fable was great at, and that's the binary... Um, good versus evil things. There were two ways that you could earn almost every single achievement, mm. and it really encouraged you to explore oh, the yeah, entire okay. game, um, which was great. And they were all like, there were some that had some challenge to them, like you really had to do certain things in certain ways, but it wasn't insurmountable. It was a great challenge, and I, I think it really catered to achievement hunters, um, which is fantastic because actually I learned that the lead gameplay designer is actually a pretty big fan of TA and was really excited that we liked the, oh, nice. uh, the achievements. So um, that was great. Very cool. I think in the in the same line with the Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary achievements, the point was once you got through the game once to okay now you're going to take library and you're going to play it mm-hmm. in this certain way, and and accomplish something and and for me what drew me to achievements was it got me to do things in games I normally wouldn't do I would never play a shooter but I got one on my tag and I played different parts of it and I I love them now right and I'm this list looks to be more of that so yes it's large and it's daunting and I know a lot of people really balked at the additional 50 being announced before they ever put the first Mm -hmm. 400 on their tag um but I think it's going to be part of the fun to go for it and, and get all that done but again for I'm curious what that will do <laughs> to the completion percentages of people who really hold on to low games and, and getting through as much of it as they can. Yeah, I'm looking through um, just our community on who's started this game already, um, because I know reviews have gone live. Uh, I, I want to say like Polygon yes. gave it a 9.5 out of 10. Um, and Yes, they did. Uh, Arthur Hughes, uh, who wrote the review and is on Rebel FM, is a big, big Halo fan, but he's also super critical uh, of things like that, so I thought it was great. Um, but yeah, there's his gamer tag. He's on there. I didn't know he'd signed up for our site. That's great. Um, oh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Uh, so I, if you are a Halo fan, it's an exciting time. You're going to have just a feast of high-quality content to get you through holiday. And honestly, this could probably be one of those games that you play well into New Year and not get everything, uh, which I think is interesting yep. and exciting. So. Anyway, um, 
Excellent there. Let's uh, let's move on to the other bit of exciting news. Another game coming to Xbox One. Grand Theft Auto V uh, is going to get the Xbox One uh, re-release treatment. And it's going to include a first-person mode. Now, I'm definitely not uh, a big GTA guy. I heard uh, just amazingly positive things uh, about GTA V, but it's never really been my cup of tea. Um, Michelle, will the Xbox One version of GTA V plus the addition of this first-person mode encourage you to pick it up? No. Okay. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, I, I've just had so many experiences with GTA where I've bought in and then not played them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think it's really good to see Rockstar not... Because they could just put a nice shine over it and throw it on the Xbox One. Because it's not that old. They don't really have to do that much to upgrade it. But the fact that they're clearly putting development time into doing something different with it so people can experience it in a new way. Uh, kudos to them for doing that. And it seems to have only made people who are excited for the game more excited. So I, I think that's very, very well done. It, it won't change it for me but if somebody i know plays it and says hey you, you, know, you really should try to experience it this way because i think you'll enjoy it more i absolutely will yeah and i think it's gonna be one of those games that uh, i'll just kind of keep my eye on it and if i see it on sale at some point and i don't have anything else burning my console down to be playing I'm, i may pick it up because I, I think it's almost time that i do give grand theft auto another shot because i honestly haven't played it since the ori- the quote-unquote original grand theft auto 3 on playstation 2 mm-hmm. Uh, and it's come light years since then, so I probably should check that right. out at some point. Absolutely. Uh, games we will not be checking out include oh boy, <laughs> Prey Two, which was officially canceled by Bethesda, surprising absolutely no one. Um, it, it had a troubled kind of development history since it was announced. Uh, there was a live action teaser and then a cool trailer, but that was back in 2011, and really. Right. We hadn't heard anything. Um, it was originally being developed at Human Head Studios, and then there were rumors that it moved to Arcane, which to Dishonored. Then there were rumors that it moved to Obsidian, which made Fallout New Vegas. Uh, but really, it's uh, it's just not happening, which is kind of s- sad because the original Prey had some promise to it. It was an early 360 title, and um, it was I don't know. It's just kind of sad. It's nice to have something official, though. Like, I've been on the Beyond Good and Evil 2 bandwagon forever, and once every two years they'll pop out some new little trailer, and you go, yes, it's finally happening, and then we go another two years. Like, I'd rather just know it's not happening. I mean, it's not that I spend, you know, it keeps me awake at night wondering whether or not this game's going to be released, but it's something that's always kind of there when talking about anticipated titles in the future, and I, I think it's actually, it's... It's good that they officially put it to bed. And this doesn't mean never. That's It just means for now it's canceled. There's no development money going into it. Don't anticipate it. But this doesn't mean that at E3 2017, they're not going to turn around and go, oh, by the way, right. Prey 2. So it's it's not really over. It's just over for now. Um, another game that's uh, getting scaled back is uh, Dying Light. It will not be getting an Xbox 360 release. Mm-hmm. Uh, Techland is basically just bumping it up into the new generation. So there's another game. I think this is the continued slow transition of last gen getting lesser support and new gen getting more support. Right. And it's it's just going to keep happening that way. The 360 is going to be supported for you know a little while longer, but I, I think this is going to be more of the story than the exception. 
Well, I think the 360 is going to be supported the way the PlayStation 2 was in its waning days. You're going to see the that year's iteration of N- MLB, NBA, NHL, 2K, whatever, um, in, in the last months. But uh, I, I think Borderlands, the pre-sequel, is going to be probably the last real big game you'll see that was exclusively developed for the 360, for the older consoles. Um and it, it has a lot to do with the fact that the, just the newer right. consoles can do so much more. So I think, I want to say with, maybe it was Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings, the new one, yeah, is on both. And it's yes, severely scaled back on the 360. I've heard that too. Some of the best modes or gameplay elements from uh, Shadow of Mordor just aren't there because they can't be there. And um, even as I wrote something the other day on Trials Fusion on their multiplayer uh, that they're adding, and they were explaining how they had some of these concepts when uh, Evolution came out, but the Xbox 360 just, it couldn't do it. It's pushed to its yeah. limits now. You know, the, the console is eight years old, or no, nine yeah. years old now, right? 2005, and uh, it's, its birthday is in a couple mm-hmm. weeks, so it's a nine-year-old console, and, and what it's still doing is amazing, yeah. but... We're at that point now where developers are seeing, but I can do all this cool stuff over here, and and now I actually have to increase my development time to scale back another version of the game. Yeah, it's it's just not worth it. So um, this is you're right. This is going to be the trend, but the trend more so is going to be they're not even going to announce yeah. the 360 version, and, and we're going to see that more and more. Uh, one game that is getting a little bit more love on the 360 is Bioshock Infinite. Uh, they're releasing mm-hmm. a complete edition. Uh, which is set to include Clash in the Clouds, uh, Columbia's Finest Pack, which is uh, some gear that you got, I think, for pre-ordering. Uh, then Burial at Sea, Episode 1 and Episode 2, which were both excellent. Episode 2 particularly was excellent. Uh, but that's set to be released sometime between now and September 30th, 2016. Uh, but that's <laughs> that's a great value. If you are one of the few people who did not play Bioshock Infinite yet, does not own it, I could not recommend it highly enough. Obviously... That's my critical opinion. I loved that game a lot. Um, so I, I would highly recommend that if you're a fan of shooters with kind of chippy elements and good stories, as Bioshock is wont to do. So Yeah, and it's uh, good on them, actually, for keeping it a 360 release, because it would be, you would think that the money grab would be making the next gen mm-hmm. or current gen uh, complete edition. Right. Uh, but they're they're kind of sticking with their roots on it, which is obviously less expensive for them in terms of development. It's now just to repackage and throw it back out there. But it does give people that still that that are still primarily playing on their 360s, who again may not have bought the, bought this game at this point. It's it's something to look forward to and keep on the calendar. So it, it's definitely still getting support. So after those last couple of news bits, it's not like it's going anywhere just yet. All right. Um, well, those are kind of we cherry picked uh, a handful of news stories that had hit in the past, you know, a couple of weeks or so. Um, we're going to be back with another podcast here, hopefully before holidays. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, we'll definitely be uh, aiming to do more of the monthly podcast. The past couple of months between the app being released and uh, my job job is a summer camp director. So summers are usually a little nuts for me. And Michelle, you work on an academic school year calendar as well. Right. And it's it can just get a little nuts. Um, so hopefully we'll be back more regularly, but before we go, uh, let's just take a look at some of the November releases that are coming. Um, we've got, uh, Games with Gold for November, uh, Volgar the Viking is the Xbox One offering, um, for gold for the month of November, and then through the 15th mm-hmm. on the 360, you can get Viva Pinata Trouble in Paradise, and then starting on the 16th, 
um, you can get Red Faction Gorilla. And it's, point, it's important to point out that Viva Pinata Trouble in Paradise does have a viral achievement, which ties nicely into our viral month. Yes. You want to talk about that for a minute, Michelle? Yeah, so um, in case you're not familiar with it, um, if you come to the TA homepage right now, through the month of November, you'll see a little uh, banner in the upper right that says, how germy are you? And uh, Viral Month is something we started a couple years ago, um, and it's run through Community Embed's team that's headed by Chad and Jesse. And um, the whole point is we get people on site who have certain viral achievements. So those are achievements that you earn for beating someone else that has that achievement usually, but sometimes just playing a game with them. Um, And we get people on the site to volunteer and help spread those achievements. Um, and this year we added achievements that aren't quite true virals. So um, in Connect PlayFit, for example, there's an achievement for uh, you and all your friends combined having burned 100,000 calories. So that's included this year. Um, so we tried to broaden the pool a little bit because we found from the last time we offered Viral Month, mm-hmm. Jesse discovered that um, I think that was in 2012 till now, only one new viral achievement has actually been released. Wow. Um, so there seems to be a bit of a, a pulling away from that. But um, I mean, it's a really good opportunity to just meet other people within the site. I've done a couple sessions this week uh, for Game Room, just letting people come into your arcade and play, and for Ruse, which is a true viral playing mm-hmm. with... Uh, they, uh, that actually is too, a true viral and for playing with four other people who are your friends. Um, and it's it's great. I've you know spoken to a couple of those guys. We've, we've now friended each other because we're going to work on some of that other stuff in the future. Um, we do have a better feedback system in place this time. So if you did it before and were unhappy because your host failed or somebody wasn't playing nicely in the session, there is a new feedback system. So once a session is over, you can let us know this person was great, this person was awful, um, so that we can keep making this as successful as possible. And and at the end of it, we will crunch some stats and get some numbers together and kind of see um how many virals we spread but um and you'll get a special notification on your uh friend feed that you earned a viral month achievement uh so definitely keep an eye out look for sessions for virals you need as you just said viva pinata there's a achievement for getting a famous pinata and you need someone who has that so we have sessions coming up for that i believe red faction has a viral too but in order to earn it you have to have completed the campaign first Mm. or something like that somebody mentioned that to me i haven't researched myself so forgive me if i'm wrong uh, but definitely take advantage of Viral Month, if not to just get those viral achievements, but also you'll get to meet some good people around the way and maybe meet another boosting partner or two. All right. Um, let's, I'm just taking a look at the release calendar for November and December. We're kind of in the last, I would say, third of that meaty, heavy release season. Uh, so yes. Call of Duty is usually that behemoth that clears out most of November. Um, but actually looking ahead, depending on when we get this posted, uh, next week, the week of the November 10th, we got quite a bit coming out. Um, Lego Batman 3 Beyond Gotham comes out that week. Uh, Halo of the Master Chief Collection, obviously. Assassin's Creed Unity. Assassin's Creed Rogue. Uh, Digimon All-Star Rubble. That's your sleeper. That's your sleeper <laughs> game right there. Um, Absolutely. But those are big. I pre-ordered for months. Yeah, big games right there. Pro Evolution Soccer 2015 also comes out next week, as well as Pure Pool. So that's, that's good there. Mm-hmm. Uh, week after that. Uh, Escape Dead Island, uh, the new gen version of WWE 2K15, as well as Far Cry 4, and the game that I've pre-ordered and am putting a lot of stock in, Dragon Age Inquisition, uh, 
uh, comes out as well, along with the uh, previous gen version of Middle Earth: Shadow of Mortar, which we mentioned also it is yeah. scaled back considerably from the new gen version. It's scaled back to the point where people who've played the new gen version has said, "Don't really if if you have the option, you know, upgrade and play it on the new gen." Because uh, it's just not going to be the same. Along that line, too, actually, I I started WWE 2K15 on the Xbox 360 the other week. Um, and just looking at the videos coming out for the next gen, like just the crowd models and, and the, the entrances and all that, like it's clearly, and it's missing a game mode. It's so stripped down from this. And, uh, you know, Elle's getting the, the Xbox One version, so I'll be able to look at them side by side. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, that's... It's pretty incredible to see the difference at this point. And it's not because, if you look at 2K15 versus 2K14, it's not because 2K15 is suddenly worse than 2K14. It's just the the one can do that much more. Right. Um, other games, uh, Pure Solar and The Great Architects. I'm probably not saying they're right. It could be Pure Solar and The Great Architects. Uh, Pure Solar, yeah, I, I believe. Okay. Eh. You say potato, I say potato. Yeah, well, the game has a really interesting history, so it's cool to see it. Uh, come to where it is now. The game was originally... Um, I, I don't know how they funded it, but it, it was actually released as, um, I think, a Sega Saturn, a Sega CD, and a Mega Drive cart. Huh. The people who developed it. And my brother actually has the Mega Drive cart version, I think. He might have the Sega CD version. But they, they, they put it all together, released it, so that you actually get the cart that works on your Sega Genesis or your Sega CD or Mega Drive, whatever. Um, and you know, so, and then they did a Kickstarter to get it to this point, where now it's a full scale release on Xbox One, PlayStation Four, PlayStation Vita. Um, so you know, good for them. It's I, I don't know that I'm getting it personally, because I just don't have the time to sink mm. sixty hours into an RPG anymore, unfortunately. But if you love that traditional sixteen bit RPG, that's that's supposed to be the the title to go get, and I think it's. Fifteen dollars through uh, idea at Xbox because it's an idea at Xbox. Pull it up. I it literally just started sure. looking at that game because I, I knew nothing about it. Um, we don't have a price listed on TA, but um, yeah. So okay, that is coming out. So you can definitely yes. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> we, we totally we go down rabbit holes. Um, yeah, we don't have a price confirmed yet, but I'm I'm pretty certain you're, you're probably pretty correct in your in your statement there. Um, the week after that, that'd be the week of American Thanksgiving, uh, the week of the 24th of November. Geometry Wars Cube Dimensions comes out on both platforms, mm-hmm. as well as Sakura Flamingo Archives. Don't know anything about it. Um, then uh, just two weeks in December have releases slated. We've got The Crew, which is set for uh, both platform release on December the 2nd. Chivalry Medieval Warfare is set for release uh, on Wednesday the 3rd. Laura Croft and the Temple of Osiris, um, downloadable, ti- or it's not a downloadable title. Uh, that's set for release on Tuesday, December 9th. And then the last thing on the calendar thus far is Halo Spartan Strike for Windows 8 and Windows Phone, um, set for release on December the 12th. So between what is coming out in the next couple of weeks and what has already come out, you will hopefully have plenty to be keeping you occupied and distracted from friends and family in this joyous holiday season. <laughs> um, but I think that's about it. Any uh, any parting shots, closing thoughts you want to make, Michelle? This is our chance to talk dirt about Rich. He'll never know. Oh, uh, except for he's editing this again, isn't he? Probably. Crap. Um, I did think of one other game I wanted to bring up real quick. Voice Commander. It's free on the Xbox One. Okay. 
and it's a lot of fun if you have some people to play it with. All right. It supports up to eight controllers and people screaming commands at the Xbox, so long as you have the Kinect. And the voice commands actually work rather well. Um, it's it's the kind of thing you'll sit down and play for, you know, I'll oh, try this for ten minutes, and then an hour later you're still talking to the units about what to build. It's sort of a tower defense slash asteroids game. Um, like twin stick shooter type deal, but a lot of fun for free. Definitely go check that out. All right. Well, that's uh, what's going on there. Um, I've got nothing else to add. I'm going to be starting on a game to review here today. I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about it. It's not surprising though. Uh, so have you, have you started the game or, uh, no, I still need to download it. I just got the code, uh, from Dave K yesterday and I had a crazy work day yesterday. I worked an overnight, so oh. I'm on very little sleep and tons of caffeine right now. Camping time. Um, oh yeah. Camping time. <laughs> tons of very excited brownies running all over the science museum. It's great. Uh, <laughs> all right. Before we get any further distracted, uh, let's get out of here. Yeah. So, on behalf of Rich, otherwise known as True Achievement, otherwise known as He's Not Here Right Now, um, and Michelle, I am OSU Blue Jacket, otherwise known as Jay. Thanks for listening. Recommend the app to a friend, and we will see you back here closer to the holiday yes. goodness. Yes.